Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. Hello, my friends. Today, I will be talking about how important it is to know yourself. This might seem like a very obvious notion, but do you really know yourself at your core? Or have you been running from yourself for years, trying to change yourself into others, rejecting core personality traits and you-ness as bad habits or insufficiencies that you need to change? It's an interesting concept, especially for those of us that are self-help junkies to consider. I know I'm constantly seeking improvement, which is a good thing in and of itself. However, if we don't first know and understand ourselves, challenging results and experiences along our path to improvement can become reinforcement for the lies within that push us into fear and shame and actually inhibit our results and real growth. This is not about ignoring the fact that we have weaknesses. It's also not about thinking you're better than others, of course. This is about understanding how you were designed, what makes you you, and learning to accept and appreciate that very central you so that you can actually live your life to the fullest with your individual strengths and support yourself within your individual areas of weaknesses. The idea here is that in order to find true, lasting growth and fulfillment, we must start by getting to know ourselves so that we can fully embrace who we are. If we're constantly working to fix what's not broken and what can't be changed, as I mentioned before, this feeds the shame and fear cycle and keeps us trapped and focused on ourselves in a sort of self-loathing and self-sabotaging cycle. You don't want to be selfish. Isn't this the epitome of self-centered life? Constantly focusing on ourselves? I'm not saying that it's intentional. I know we would be drawn to thinking this isn't true because we are tearing ourselves down, but that's the ingenious nature of the the trap. It shoves us into a corner worrying that we will be found out, not as what we present to the world, but as we really are, which we don't accept, and we keep trudging along all the while feeding into the shame that we, at our core, are unlovable and unworthy. When this is our focus, what really matters falls to the wayside. We cannot truly grow when we are stuck in this unintentionally self-centered trap. Some of you might be thinking that you don't obsess over this and that it doesn't control your life. That's totally fine that instead it motivates you and it doesn't control you to the degree that I seem to imply here. My thoughts on the matter are that we don't have to be aware of the way these cycles impact us in order for them to exist and control our lives at varying degrees. Just as we don't have to be aware of the emotions we have in order for them to wreak havoc on our choices and our general happiness and fulfillment. I'm also not implying that we are all on the same scale with this. Indeed, there's a spectrum and that's okay. When I was in elementary school, I remember when I began to learn to read. 
I struggled a lot. It was so hard. When I was in first grade, our teacher separated our class into groups based on our progress and speed with reading. I tried and tried and it was just so hard for me. And I looked around and found a lot of people didn't struggle that way. Thus, I was in the slow reading group. I had a narrative in my head that made it worse. But when I was in first grade in this slow reading group, my brain interpreted, and I did not argue with this, that I was dumb. I accepted this as cold hard fact, as the truth, and I decided I would accept my fate as dumb and just focus on other things. I have a brilliant sister who is just over a year older than I am. She's similar to me in many ways, but of course she's unique as well. My sister loved to read then as she does now, and she was fast. At a fairly young age, she was independently devouring chapter book after chapter book. I wanted to be my sister so desperately. She was my idol. But I was dumb, I thought, so I didn't even try. Instead, I copied her handwriting. I practiced over and over and memorized how she wrote each letter. I remember putting off reading and getting by however I could through elementary school. When I was around nine, desperate because I had a book report due the next day, I came to my mother, enveloped in tears, shame, and defeat, late one evening. I needed to give an oral report the next day, and I hadn't even begun to read the book. My single mom of three, college student, low-income mother stayed up all night long, not only reading the book, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, aloud to me, chapter by chapter with inflections and enthusiasm, but also helping me to create an incredibly engaging and creative oral report that would blow the teacher away. She even helped me practice several times as I would be giving the report as Huckleberry Finn himself, and she helped me to practice acting it out, wearing overalls and the whole shebang. It was a very loving and empowering experience, which made a significant impact on my heart for the future. And it also made it so I had a solid book report I could give, on repeat, when I needed it going forward. Unless it was the same teacher, of course. And did I ever, I gave the same report every time I had a book report in the future, as we moved so many times, and each time I needed to give one, I just happened to have a new teacher. It was perfect. But in all seriousness, this experience with my mom planted the idea within me that if I worked hard enough, I could do whatever I wanted despite the challenges. When I was about 10, we also then had to learn to type. And it was yet again so hard for me. I was miles behind the slowest kid in class and the experience strongly reinforced for me this idea that I was dumb. Then I had a teacher when I was 13 that was able to break down and teach math in a new way for me, in such a way that all of a sudden it clicked. I saw the big picture. Math was now like that book report. It was decrypted and dissected and I could follow a system and succeed even if I had had to struggle more in some areas to do so. All of a sudden, I began to excel in math It felt amazing. I went to an advanced math class. I had something I could focus on, something I was good at. I was at a new school with no friends and a lot of emotional baggage, so I focused on school. I could not control my home life, 
My mother was very ill when I was this age and bedridden every day for months at a time. It was so hard for her, for us, and it was so scary. So I plunged myself into my studies. Even though I still thought I was dumb, I was driven. I knew I would have to work harder than many other kids to excel, but I was going to prove to myself and that world that I could do it. I did homework until the middle of the night most nights, and I still didn't have straight A's, but I was succeeding and that was enough. When I got to college, my paradigm shifted again. I first stepped foot into college after having read Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad Poor Dad, so my intentions were not to focus on the degree, but to simply choose classes that sparked interest for me, to study whatever I wanted for once. I did, and I loved it. I found reading, although it was, I was still slow, so engaging as the topics were only what I wanted to learn about. I also learned accommodations for what was hard for me. I learned that flashcards, however time-consuming to create, worked wonders for me because I needed constant repetition and the integration of several of my senses to anchor information and concepts to my brain. I learned that I could record class and listen over again later. I learned that once I got a concept uh, on the big scale, then it was much easier to get it to stick. I had to dissect things until I understood this big picture and then I would report it back to myself and then I would get it. It would, it would stick, it would stay. I still struggled with seemingly insignificant facts tied to nothing for relevance for me, like arbitrary names and dates, but that was okay with me. For those, I would use the repetition and flashcards and I could generally still do well. I could get by. Once I got about a year and a half through full-time studies of this manner at junior college, I saw a counselor and realized that I loved all the business classes and all of my classes would actually go towards the credits necessary for a degree in business administration and transferring to a university. So I continued on this path and I graduated from Vanguard University with honors. Me, the dumb one. I had proved to myself that I could do it. Okay, fast forward. Now I have two boys of my own and I am determined that they will be able to enjoy their schooling with more autonomy and connection than I had. With the freedom to excel in areas that they are passionate about and not be as hindered by the expectations of arbitrary an arbitrary schedule. Because of this, I have been blessed to homeschool so far. This has been a lifelong dream that grew out of my own school experiences and the changes that occurred when I unschooled myself through college. This came from what I experienced and what I wished for so long that I would have been able to experience. My sons are brilliant. They are high energy and constantly creating and building they memorize songs and poetry, they admire and recreate art, and love to narrate their own stories, they love to invent things and create the most ridiculously amazing and inspiring devices, and they perform plays for us. Their ability to critically think just blows me away continually. Despite the amazing nature of my boys and how incredible so many parts of our lives and journeys have been, for my internal narrative, the first year of officially homeschooling was very hard as we were struggling with some areas a lot. 
I didn't know why and I felt so triggered like I was failing even though this wasn't the whole picture. I kept asking questions. I kept pursuing the truth. And then I discovered the world of dyslexia and ADHD. I learned about how one who is dyslexic has a brain structure that is arranged in such a way that they tend to be drawn toward big picture thinking. They can formulate marvelous ideas and incredible passions. They make up a significant portion of our country's entrepreneurs. I actually just read the other day that 35% of entrepreneurs in the United States are dyslexic. And they are also oftentimes engineers and architects. I read about how the very structure that makes dyslexic brains incredibly powerful for innovation, discovery, and growth can also make it incredibly difficult in areas such as language development, acquisition, and expression. This brain type has a very hard time breaking things into smaller steps as it excels in working to see the big picture. The more I read, the more of a light bulb moment unfolded and continues to unfold. My kids are both dyslexic and I am dyslexic. For many people, this might come as a blow to find out about yourself, but for me, it was a powerful realization. I also learned that often those with dyslexia also have ADHD. As I learned about both of these traits in more detail, I was awakened and I couldn't believe it. I could now understand my own brain. It was not dumb. It was incredible, capable, and amazing with both strengths and weaknesses. I cried a lot. Not only did this empower me incredibly as a mother of two boys with these traits, but this healed me from past ways of thinking that helped me not to fear what we were struggling with because now I understood that I had not failed my kids, but that as a successful dyslexic with ADHD myself, I knew I would be able to successfully support these beautiful boys on their journey. I will not stop learning, and just as they have gotten many traits from their crazy mother, I know they won't either. This journey will be wonderful. Now that I understand something core to who I am and how my brain functions, I can be liberated by that knowledge and free to soar to new heights. Learning to read was hard for me, and yet, since college, reading is now my favorite pastime. I could read morning, noon, and night if I had no other responsibilities. No joke. It drives my husband crazy sometimes. I'm not the fastest reader out there. I still sometimes reverse words and stumble over them. But now I know about the way my brain works. I'm learning more every day and understanding why my weaknesses exist. How to strengthen myself by setting good habits and enforcing and focusing on my own strengths. The voice that said I was dumb was wrong. My brain struggles sometimes to grasp concepts that may be simpler for you or for people without this brain structure. But sister, once I get something, my brain explodes with connections, with ideas and possibilities. I have a relentless determination to follow my dreams. And my vision is constantly expanding as I continue to learn. Before I knew this about myself, I let the belief that I was not smart blind me to both the beauty of my weaknesses and the limitless power of my strengths. I let this thought go unchecked. I let it produce feelings which controlled my world and my joy. 
It kept me focusing on myself and my perceived inadequacies rather than my glorious life and loving those around me. Now, I'm on a pursuit to continue to empower myself and blow wide open the beliefs that once held me back and simply be receptive to truth as I learn more. Now I'm on a mission to encourage you and others to do the same. I now have tools to help me in the areas that I struggle in, but still wish to pursue, rather than discounting myself as incapable. I have ways of accommodating and doing so without the feelings of being inferior or the feelings of being an imposter, but knowing that by being able to leverage my strengths and the awareness of my weaknesses, I'm fully empowered to take on the world. The vulnerability of the weaknesses is what connects me to my children and to others I come in contact with who might have this internal narrative still holding them back, whether or not they are even aware of it. Now I can look back, not in sadness and in shame, but with gratitude that I got to experience what I did. Now I know that these challenges caused me to rise above and find ways of succeeding, even though I struggled with the narrative. I learned how I learn and learned to persevere. My point here is that some of the best work we can do toward empowering ourselves and growth is to learn who we really are. To learn what it is we think about ourselves and our personality and dig deeper. Can you relate to my story but you're worried about what it would mean for you to consider the idea that you may have a different brain structure perhaps as an example? Do you struggle in other areas of growth but not understand why? There are great benefits available in getting to know yourself. What are your strengths and weaknesses? Why? When you learn the truth, you can get rid of the lies that control your ideas of who you are. You are not an imposter. You are not a mistake. Reading, talking, and writing are my three favorite things to do, people, and I have a dyslexic brain, which renders these things more challenging. But I can think big picture, and I can work hard backwards and I can succeed. It's a superpower now, and not just a scary unknown masked in shame. So your assignment this week, if you're interested, is mostly reflective. It's about learning about how you learn and grow. It's about asking questions of yourself about the way your personality affects your life and how you thought, how, excuse me, how your thought world impacts the way you perceive the various parts of your personality. Are you able to see these strengths and weaknesses and just parts of who you are from a different perspective? As though you are your own mother, a fully involved, grace-filled and nurturing mother? Maybe as a best friend, are you able to start to celebrate the role these parts of you have played in the parts of your life that bring you joy? Are you able to start understanding your struggles from a new perspective now? Understanding that when you simply know who you are in personality, strengths and weaknesses, when you know that this is a part of you and your design, that you can start to embrace this as beautiful and as a roadmap for your growth? If you can really see yourself and start to become aware of the dialogues that are happening around this core of just who and how you are as a person, you will start to feel free from the ideas of comparison and insufficiency. Weaknesses do not make you less than. If you are 
super strong in one area, there will be areas you will be weak in, period. That's a part of balance. You can't have all of the skills, and that's a part of being radically imperfect. Being aware that these things make you more beautiful, not inferior. You can start to see how you don't need to hide the weaknesses. And although you may be able to strengthen them with some habit changes, you should not try to change your core self. You can embrace yourself. I read a marriage book a while back and it had a profound statement in it. It said, do not compare your husband's weaknesses to someone else's husband's strengths. That was a pivotal thought for me. And not just in how I saw my husband, I actually realized that this is what we do as humans for ourselves. We take our weaknesses. We allow our narrator to tell us that they are flaws, believing this terrible lie, and then we shame ourselves by comparing these very weaknesses to the strengths of those around us, not taking into account their weaknesses. When we can really see this and embrace the fact that just to exist as human and to have strengths, we must also have weaknesses, then and only then can we begin to see the beauty of the opposing strengths of those around us and celebrate them all, knowing that without weaknesses, our lives would have no passion or growth. Weakness makes growth possible. Allow this to sink in and just keep dissecting it. Ask yourself questions. Changing these thoughts and ways of thinking about yourself can change the course of your life completely. If you're up for it, you're also welcome to do some expressive writing about this as well. What have you struggled with academically and in the areas related to skills? Maybe speaking, writing, reading, math, maybe focus, drive, passion, purpose, whatever it may be. How has this affected how you see yourself and your self-worth? What have you seen as insufficiencies in who you are at your core? This is not an exercise where you compare yourself to others and tell me why you're not as good as them. This is not what we do here because that is rubbish. Other people are not relevant here. You have the potential inside to both fully know yourself and fully embrace yourself and set yourself on the path to freedom and peace and total empowerment, but you need to understand who you are, where your strengths are, and where your weaknesses are. You need to understand why they are that way. So write out what your strengths are, go into detail and don't filter. Then when the expression stops organically, what are your weaknesses? Do you know why? Is it fear or is it simply something that's always been hard for you? Do you attach shame to it? Now can you write about how your weaknesses have helped you or empowered you in the past, despite any related shame? Can you notice how you've learned to accommodate? Now write about your strengths and how your strengths are affected by your thoughts about your weaknesses. Are your strengths overpowered by the way you allow yourself to think about your value based on those weaknesses? Can you write about your strengths giving examples of how you've been able to been able to use them in the past to improve your life? Can you think about how much more you would benefit from your strengths if you didn't allow your weaknesses to be a bad thing in your head? If you didn't think of them as insufficiencies, but rather as just a balance of your personality, can you see how having strengths and weaknesses 
allows you to enjoy your friendships and other relationships more because of the differences between you? Can you see how they motivate you? I would encourage you also to just pursue this. This can lead you down a path like I was led down discovering dyslexia and ADHD. There's a lot more to personality and you can do personality tests or whatever sort of things you're led to discover more about yourself. There's no, there's no right or wrong way to do this. This is about opening up a paradigm that you might not have ever acknowledged. A paradigm which has the capacity to grow and just hasn't been fully explored. Every time we share what is real and raw, we expose, expose both truth and lies and find freedom. The goal on this blog and podcast is for you to find healing knowing everyone else struggles in this as well. To find healing in the power of being fully accepted, in learning that you can accept yourself, even if it takes one baby step at a time. It's toward freedom and a life where your possibilities are endless. Don't allow your perception of your strengths to limit you anymore, sunshine. Go through this with me and we can continue to inspire each other with our shared journey. I hope you will find this helpful as you go out into your world this week. Have a wonderful day. This is Holly Ann Casper, the Radical Imperfectionist. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.